The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host, along with a special co-host for today's show, Madam Mazurka. As you may know, Beth channels different characters at different times, and today that character is Madame Mazurka, a dead Transylvanian who's earthy, wise, and witty. Today's topic is, how are we still stuck in gender roles in our heads, if not in our lives? Today, Beth Green interviews Lynn Helix and Todd Benton, two folks who have lived or are living role reversals in their homes. Well, I want to hear about that because I'm living one too. How does it feel? What inner conflicts still haunt them? And what about you? Where do you still long to break free? So please call in or email if you have a question or a comment. And now let's hear from your host, Beth Green, from the Inside Out. Ah, Hi, everybody. I've been looking forward to this program. Part of the reason I'm looking forward to it is that I'm looking forward to welcoming back Madame Mazurka. Now, many of you did hear the Ask Madame Mazurka show, so you know what she's like. (laughs) Now, last time we interviewed Dr. Grant Dean, a climate scientist, and the guru was my co-host, and he did a really good job. But he's been around, hanging around the last week, and it's been kind of tough for Madame Mazurka to break through again. So uh, before I go any further, I just want to make sure that you are there. Madame Mazurka, my other co-host, are you there? Of course, darling, I would not miss this for anything. Excellent. Okay, glad to hear it. So, oh my God, I have to say something. This is my time. Well, I don't have to say something, but I think I'd like to. I think I'd like to say uh, that I think a lot of this gender stuff is absolutely silly. I agree, darling. Thank you, Madam Zerka. Um, you know, it's there was a time when men got all foppy in the way they were dressed uh, because they were looking like aristocrats. And then there were men who had to smoke a Marlboro cigarettes so that they would look more like cowboys. And And then if you are of the older ilk, you will remember that the cowboys of the past, like Roy Rogers and Jeannie Autry's, sort of looked like cowboys from the city. I mean, they were clean. They didn't even look like they smelled. And then you have this other type. You know, you have Clint Eastwood. And it's the same thing with female roles. It's like these images of what we are and who we're supposed to be. You know, one era was supposed to be willowy. Other eras were supposed to be voluptuous. Uh, you know, in different countries, we're supposed to look like this or behave like that. And And, you know, it makes you wonder what is really natural to us as men and women because there are so many culturally dominated uh, appearances and roles. And then you have those poor people who are stuck in the transgender reality of either moving from one gender to another or um, they're men and they're gay or they're women and they're lesbian or uh, you have uh, people who are cross-dressers. Now, if if you're a cross-dresser and you're a woman, they call you a tomboy. 
if you're a cross-dresser and you're a man, you're a pervert. So, I mean, look at this mess. And um, I think that we're really, really dominated by it. And I'm talking about the superficial level. There's a much deeper level. Well, thank God you're getting to that, darling, because if you don't, I would like to speak to that topic. Well, Madam Azurka, just let me just hold on a little bit because I'd like to say something about that first. You know, on the deeper level, are we in fact feeling that we are not real, whatever it is? You know, am I a real woman? Um, I have been called Beth Dozer. I have been called all kinds of things because I'm an assertive woman. And what does that make me? You know, am I any less of a woman? I remember being extremely upset when I was in the political movement and there was a guy I was really interested in and, you know, he believed in women's liberation and all of that stuff. But he picked a woman who was very feminine in his, in her behavior, in her demeanor, and she, and she just like, you know, she acted wimpy and she whined and she manipulated all of the things that I was not good at, by the way. <laughs> and he would complain about those qualities about her, but he still picked her. And I thought, well, here I am, intelligent, dynamic, assertive, whatever it is. And he, I thought you believed in all those things. Well, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, I've had so many experiences like that. I wonder if some of you have had those experiences too, where people say they believe in a certain thing, but then you find that they're, uh, they're doing the opposite. In fact, I would say equally that for women, you know, many of whom say they want sensitive men or they want, they don't believe in the gender roles, they want to be liberated. But many of those women want some guy who's going to make more money than them, who's going to take care of them or be protective in some way. So I'm really concerned that we're still hanging on. And because of the fact that so many people are living out different kind of roles because of the society we live in, because of our women's movement, our men's movement, our consciousness, because so many people are living that the fact that we're still carrying around these old ideas deep inside us becomes even more painful because you'll, you know, you'll hear men, well, I used to hear this a lot, when men will say, oh, yeah, I believe in equality. I help my wife out quite a bit. Or, uh, you know, a woman who says, yeah, well, I, you know, I go to work, I contribute, uh, but I want to keep my money for myself. Uh, he'll pay the bills and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have my own clothing fund. I, I'm not kidding. I see this all the time. So there's something that's still going on inside us. And we have two lovely guests today. And Madam Azurka, I'm going to certainly invite you to come in and interview them with me. Thank you, darling. Um, and we have two guests who have lived or are living different gender roles and I, I've invited these people on because they're, I know that they're very willing to be honest and they're going to talk to you about how they're really feeling. And I'm hoping that you talk about what you're really feeling and what you're really going through. Uh, we're going to be giving out the phone number shortly. I know most of you get to hear this on podcast, but you can be thinking deeply about yourself as well as we're doing the show, even if you can't call in a comment 
or um, a question. So, Madam Azurka, before I introduce my guest, is there anything that you would like to say about this? Phil, darling, I could speak about this for hours, but this is not the Ask Madam Mazurka show. I understand that. But what I would like to say is that I think it's all very, very ridiculous. Uh, I think a man is a person with a penis. And um, a woman is, you know, similarly, uh, you know, has her designation. And if you, were, if you were dead, as I am, you would realize how much time people waste on nonsense and that you are so regretful later because you don't have the time anymore that you squandered when you were alive. And um, so I would like to say to everybody that I, I'm very much in favor of this program and I hope to help you to get over this nonsense so that you can all be happy and free while you're alive and not wait until you're dead. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, so, with no further ado, I would like to invite on to the show uh, Todd Benton and Lynn uh, Hillix. Todd? Hello. I didn't I, know who was going to go, who should go first. So, Well, it's that's fine. And Lynn? Yes, hello. Hi there. I'm so happy. We are all so excited that you're willing to come onto the show and spill the beans on this very sensitive topic. And uh, we already had a very interesting thing, which those of you who actually read the show descriptions and then go on to read the biographies of my guests, who are, there are probably very few people who actually do that. Um, <laughs> but those who did would notice that Todd sent us a bio about his professional career, and Lynn sent us a bio about her husband's and child. And uh, we thought that was absolutely hilarious because there it is in a nutshell. We're already demonstrating some of our uh, still being stuck in gender roles. So let's start with you, Lynn. Um, what makes you an expert in messed up gender identification in terms of our gender roles? Well, um, First of all, I have to say that I was raised by a very assertive woman who was divorced, so she was the head of household, so that was my role model. And so I've always been viewed as extremely assertive, and uh, like you have been called various names, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it really kicked into high gear in my third marriage when I thought I married the perfect man. He had a law degree, he was practicing law, he had plenty of money, he was handsome, he was funny, he was charming. Yes. And then after about five years, everything fell apart. And I became the main breadwinner by slaving away at what some people might consider menial jobs, sometimes three of them at a time, to support my son and my husband who had mentally crashed. Oh, darling, uh, this is Madame Mazurka. That's not right, right? Men are not supposed to mentally crash. Only women are supposed to have emotions. You what's are so the, correct. What's the matter with you that you found such a loser? <laughs> I, you have no idea how many times I've asked myself that question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have. Yes. I mean, I mean, that is the point, isn't it? Even... The, just the fact that the man has some weakness now becomes a terrible reflection on you. Yes. <laughs> so, so go on, darling. So what happened? 
So tell us. Well, he, he became extremely depressed and his alcoholism increased markedly. I hadn't even noticed it before. No, that's because he was making money. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so I, uh, you know, I took financially, I took over the family. But I certainly didn't feel any power or any success or any enjoyment out of it. I felt stressed out, burdened, angry, downtrodden, and exhausted. Now, that is interesting, Lynn, because um, there's something that kind of like clicked in my head when you said that, that you didn't even feel power. Now, prior to that, had you been the little woman in the home? Well, no. (laughs) I had been working. Okay, so you had been working even when he was making lots of money. Uh, Well, he actually never made lots of money. He just had money in the beginning. Oh, He lost it very quickly. Oh, you mean even in the five years before he fell apart? He yeah he had he had some income but it was never what it w- promised to be. So were you already bitter and disappointed uh, in this deal uh, even before he collapsed? No, I don't think so. I think I was supporting his dream. Mm. I was being the little woman supporting his dream. And his dream was? Um, he was an entrepreneurial type, and so he always had one dream or another. <laughs> So, was he starting new businesses? Yes, constantly. Oh, I see. So, he wasn't going to the nine-to-five job in the white uh, shirt and the... Oh, no. <laughs> so, you didn't even have that. You, you, I mean, he, was he ever a great provider? No. Was he a good provider? No. Okay. He was an erratic so, provider. He was an erratic provider. So it seems to me that the story that you're telling is not that he fell uh, apart um, uh, at you know after five years, but that you either never or almost never actually had that role that that uh, gender role that you theoretically thought you were looking for. Well, it had all of the trappings of that, so I did feel like I did. But if he didn't have the money... Yeah. <laughs> he had the status. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, so there it is. You had the status, but you didn't have the reality. No. So you never really had that, Lynn. Well, now you've crushed everything, Beth. <laughs> That's my job. Okay, thank you. So, no, I think that's, I'm, I'm very glad that this has come out because I'm wondering how you were feeling towards him during that whole time as the woman who's still looking for the man who's going to give her the trappings, but who actually never had that. How did you feel towards him and towards you? Um, you know what? That's so interesting. I have never thought about that period of time. Mm. So things were not going well. Things mm. were going terribly with my son. Mm. Um, and I just think that I was in complete la-la land. Mm. I was living such a fantasy life. It now stuns me. <laughs> 
we are pretty stunning when you think about uh, the reality. So you were so tell me in like in one word, uh, if you can, Lynn. Did you do you feel like you have ever really lived the fantasy life of the woman who is cared for and protected? Uh, yes, in my second marriage, and I hated it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and why did you hate it? I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, now we have a little baseline here, uh, which is telling us that maybe Lynn never really wanted it to start with. And mm-hmm. she certainly arranged for herself not to have it. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, some, it seems like there is something in you, Lynn, that said that you should want it or you did want it even though it wasn't actually true and so now I'm going to ask you again in one word because we're, we're shortly going to be going to commercial break and by the way when we come back uh, I'm going to be uh, asking Todd very similar kind of question about how he got into whatever he got into um, but Lynn do you feel I mean, this is just completely on an emotional level, not a rational level. Do you feel less like a woman because you either didn't have it or didn't like it? Yes. (laughs) And even though your mother was assertive, divorced, and the head of the household, somehow or other, it, it makes you feel less like a woman. Now, why would that be? You know, I think I took my assertiveness to uh, such a degree that it was very off-putting to men. And um, Yeah, but I'm asking you why uh, you think you absorbed the concept that you should be any different and that relationship should be any different. And I'm going to leave you with that question to chew on. And uh, we are going to be going to commercial break. Don't go away, folks. We will shortly be back, and we will be hearing from Todd Benton. Thank you so much, Lynn. Darling, you were divine. Thank you. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're 
tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back. Well, I am having such a good time, and we are inviting callers, uh, if there are any today, but we, uh, with a bunch of us here, we're so busy between James and Todd and Lynn and Madame Zerka and me. <laughs> I love having a cast of thousands for the show. So, Todd, let's see. We're, we've left Lynn hanging with a question of where she got the idea that life should be any different when she uh, obviously wasn't happy, you know, being the traditional female, and yet she still feels like a failure because she didn't have that life. Uh, so now I'm going to come to you, Todd. So in what way do you feel like you are living the new American dream or nightmare, which is the reversal of gender roles? Well, I really love it. I love being able to work from home and be able to not have, you know, be tied to a desk and be able to pick up my kids from school and have, a, you know, a very um, significant role in their lives with their school and with, you know, their just their upbringing. And my wife also works from home. So I love um, being able to. So those are the positive things. Um the challenge is, you know, <laughs> I was preparing for this show and I'm trying to get the dishes done because I got to go pick up the kids right after this call. I mean, I have a client meeting right after this call and I got to go pick them up and it's like, whoa. You're living the life of a woman. No, I mean, isn't that really the truth that for most women, that's exactly what their lives are like. It's like they're getting out of work and they're rushing to the daycare to pick up the kids or to grandma or whatever. And it's like there's never a moment where, you know, so much of the typical traditional male gender role was. And I know this sounds sort of hack, but it's true, is that the guy would come home from work. And then he would put his feet up and read the newspaper, uh, yeah. you know, drink a beer. And uh, the woman would come home from work and she was making dinner, taking care of the kids. And that was so true when I was growing up, uh, you know, in the 50s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. But it's still, to some degree, an, an expectation today. But you're living the life of the woman who it's like they say, you know, a woman's work is never done. Um, it's a it's a parent's work is never done. A, uh, a husband or wife's work is never done. A householder's work is never done. And, and somehow or other men are, many men are losing that, quote, privilege to just come home and vegetate while everybody else slaves around them. <laughs> and, you know, and of course, the difference is the paycheck. Because at the time when uh, that other role was taking place where men got to drink the beer, it was women weren't, were earning, you know, earning maybe forty cents on the dollar of what men were earning, uh, or uh, not working outside the home at all. The men were making all the money, and he who brings home the money uh, is the king. And mm-hmm. that was the way that it was. And men definitely had the good and the bad of that. They got the advantage that they didn't have to do much, and uh, but they got the disadvantage too, which is that they everybody was dependent on them to bring home that money, and when it came strike time or change job time, it was very oppressive to them. 
What kind of a family did you grow up in, uh, Todd? What was the pretty much exactly what you just described? My dad was, you know, my mom. My mom stayed at home and took care of us. And my dad worked, and he left at about six o'clock in the morning and got home at about seven o'clock at night. Mm. And um, he did cook. I mean, he did have an involvement with, um, but mostly my mom did everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, around in the house, cleaning, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, and, you know, in, in preparing for this, I've been thinking about it's challenging for both women and men because it seems that both of them are doing part, are doing both roles. Mm-hmm. So they both have their job. And on top of that, then they have, you know, caring for the children. And I mean, it, it does make it work that, you know, <laughs> that we share in the responsibilities, but it's also challenging sometimes because it's not clear okay who's doing what you know there really has right. to be a lot of communication you know that is such a good point Todd you actually have to communicate <laughs> you have to negotiate we constantly to- because one week it could be that Christine's out so I'm doing laundry but it doesn't mean that just because I'm I have uh, less I bring in less income I don't you know I have I do have client work that I do as well so um, it's challenging to, you know, determine, you know, who's doing what, when, and <laughs> where and how. Well, I'd like to go back to the income question in a second, but first yeah. I want to follow up on what you just said, which I think is so important, is that part of the real challenge and the real beauty of what's available today to us in having these experiences is that we have to become more conscious mm-hmm. about the way we're doing things. We have to be conscious about who's doing the laundry, who's doing the dishes, who's taking care of the kids. We actually have to communicate. We have to bring our consciousness to it. And things don't just like go along on automatic pilot. And that means we have to see each other. We have to see each other as people. You know, if you're, I know that this is true, that when, uh, women were uh, expecting men to make the money. And, and if that actually happened, um, then what happened in those families was the woman didn't even want to see whether or not the husband was in a state of collapse because it was his job to bring home that money. And so right. she didn't even look at him. Mm-hmm. And the man didn't want to see that the woman was at the brink of collapse either because she had the job inside the home and the a job outside the home or she was just uh, taking care of four kids, or two kids, or one kid, and we didn't have enough help. We didn't even have to see each other. And that's kind of a sad thing. I agree. Um, I agree. And so this is really something wonderful. And uh, I see that we have a caller, but before we get to that, I'd like to go back to the issue, because you mentioned that your wife is making more money than you. Todd, how does that impact your feelings about yourself as a man? (laughs) <laughs> That's funny you should ask because I was thinking you probably would ask <laughs> a question <laughs> like that. And, you know, it's, it's a funny thing because on the one hand, on a logical level, my mind tells me it's great. You know, it's a good thing. It's evolution. It's, it's kind of the way things are going. And I see, a, a, not, I don't know about a lot of other men, but I see other men at school that are going to pick the kids up from school. And I don't know if it's because the kind of career that they have or they're, if they're stay-at-home dads. But I, on the mental level, I think it's cool. On some other more fundamental level, I don't know. I, it's, 
um, I think it, it's similar to Lynn the opposite way. Cause I feel like it, mm-hmm. I'm not fitting that role or that picture that, and somehow I feel guilty that Christine, you know, uh, makes but more it, than I do or does more than I do when she doesn't. I mean, as far as this sharing of distribution, that's why I was saying about the communication because mm-hmm. we, we really try and share things and make it so that it doesn't overburden either of us. Yeah. But yet um, w- the fact that she's working and she's bringing in her more money, somehow I feel guilty like, well, I should be doing more laundry or <laughs> or whatever I can do, you know. Well, I'd like to add something here, darling. I would okay. say that uh, that's true, but I think even more so, you feel ashamed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you, I, Madame Zork, I'm going to ask you a very blunt question. If you were picking up the kids at school and you were doing all the same thing, but you were making twice as much money as Christine, how would you feel? I'd probably feel better. <laughs> exactly, my darling. Okay, so Beth, would you please be quiet and ask your uh, caller uh, to join us? <laughs> okay, Madam Zarka, <laughs> you're the boss. Okay, we have Helen Yay from California. Hi, um, I would like to ask Madam Mazurka a, a, a question. <laughs> um, oh, of course, I, darling, that's why I wanted you on the phone. I have been in, you know, different, I was also raised by a very, uh, I don't know, outspoken woman who taught me don't ever depend on a man. That was her advice, don't ever depend on a man. And so it led me to a series of relationships where the man made significantly less than I, or I tried to help him make more money, or you know, all messed up. Um, but I think the, the question I want to know is how, do you have any advice for the transition from one experience to another, like from working to retirement? You know, one person, the, the woman is still working and the man is retired or the man is working and the woman is retired. Do you have any advice for how to make that transition easier? Yes, forget about it. <laughs> it's not going to be easier. I don't know what it is with these humans. Now, that was the guru sneaking in. Okay, uh, guru, would you please go back? You're uh, on the wrong show. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to be on next week. All right. Anyway, I, I'm mixing up. Madam Mazurka, the guru is in. in Madam Mazurka, can you come back? I am trying, darling. I am trying. Yes, it's exactly. Is it? Why do people think that anything is going to be easy? There's nothing easy. You're going through transition. There's going to be big transition, transition, transition. So it's transition in society, transition in your own life. Is transition is difficult. It's messy. Human beings are not good at this. You see, human beings were not meant to live so long. They're living too many transitions because you're living too long. Well, if everybody died young like we did in the old days you know you wouldn't have so many transitions you'd have to live with (laughs) (laughs) 
So you're going to have to enjoy it and you're going to have to experiment and you're going to also realize that it's not so it's personal, it's societal, it's the world, it's everything. Because, you know, it's the, the young people today. They don't understand why it's hard to make a living. You know, for most of the millennia, it's been hard to make a living, but they get, they get this idea from their parents that it should be easy to make a living, so they're very disappointed that it's hard to make a living. Do you see? So they, they think that this is something wrong because it's difficult, you see. But for most of us, in the history of humanity, life has always been difficult. So, it's difficult. There's nothing wrong. You see, then you have all this other thing, that this nonsense that you believe that if it's difficult, it's bad. So, I would like to share this with you because, you see, I think we have some lovely, lovely guests today. And I know Beth is going to ask them to go back and to look at those questions that are hanging in the air about why Todd would feel so good uh, if he was making twice as much money uh, as his wife uh, and yet doing exactly the same thing. And Violin thinks that she should be demure. Uh, she's going to ask them those questions. But the, before she asks you those questions, I want to just to say to you that it's the everything. It's difficult, always has been, always will be. People, life is difficult. People are very difficult. Transitions are difficult. Change is difficult. Not changing is difficult. And uh, there you go. Well, thank you. And, thank you. Uh, <laughs> did that answer your question, uh, Helen? Yes, it answered my question, and I feel no better whatsoever, but <laughs> thank you anyway. <laughs> well, I actually do feel better. Does anybody I'm just else? Kidding. I'm going to hang up now. Oh, okay. Well, I hope that you do. I feel much better. I think that Madame Mazurka is right. I think one of the problems of our society is that we have this concept that has come out of, you know, the the, the baby, baby boom and the wealth and all of that, that somehow things get better and better and better and things should be easier. And then we have now we have psychology and that should make things better. And that everything is supposed in modern medicine, everything is supposed to make things better. But life is really difficult. So um, who would like to, oh, my goodness. We have a few minutes before we go to our next break. I'd like to go back to Lynn now and see if you have come up with any thoughts about why it is that you think somehow that it should be different or that you would be happier if you were in more of the feminine role and why you feel so cheated about not having had that. Um. So what what I was started thinking about was how my life changed after I divorced my third husband. Mm. And I became so free. I went back to school, I got a nursing degree, I've been making a great income ever since. My life has gone so much better. Mm-hmm. So I have all of this positive evidence that this works better for me. Yes, darling, much better. Yes, <laughs> um, but there's still the societal pressure that everybody's talking about. So, you know, is in it, high school, you're expected to have a boyfriend. Is it societal pressure, Lynn? Be yeah. honest. Do you are, really care? Are you the kind of woman who says, oh, what does the neighbor think? I don't believe no. you, Lynn. 
Okay, no, I'm not. <laughs> so you're going to have to look a little deeper than that, and we're going to leave you with that. You don't mind that I took over. And uh, uh, then, uh, Todd, uh, would you answer the, 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 the question about uh, why is it okay if you make twice as much money? Is it really the, the role? Is it the activity? Or is it the money? Well, I, I don't... I really, I wish I knew, you know, it's like, I think it's fitting some image of who I was supposed to be or what it means to be quote successful, you know? Um, I think it's just inherited. Um, and I don't know why, like I said, it doesn't make sense to me because on the logical, it's like, it makes more sense to do it this way. It works better. It's much more co-creative and, uh, helpful and, Madam Mazurka so, is going to help you, darling. Okay, success. all right. I'm okay. struggling. To, okay. Yeah. Do you, do you, darling, do you feel like you could actually make more money? I'm not asking you if you could. I'm asking you, do you feel that you could? I feel that I could. Really? Yeah. Why don't I believe you, darling? Hmm, I don't know. Have you tried to make more money? Well, I have made more money and then I changed careers and I'm kind of, I mean, I'm making a certain amount. I don't know if I can make as much as my wife does or two times as much as she does. I probably couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I have a, maybe a, an idea that I could make close to what she makes or at least a lot more than I am making. Okay, but you're not sure, darling. You're not sure. Everything is different since last time you made money. Life is different. Yeah. The economy yeah. is difficult. It's not yeah. so easy, is it? I think my feeling is that is you were you were very right when you were talking about the success issue. I think that you feel that um that success is money and I think yeah. you feel that um because your father too. He thought that success was money. And uh, you got that from him. And you feel uh, always competitive with father. So you can't be successful like father in terms of money. So uh, this is going to eat you up uh, alive. Uh, And uh, because you don't feel, you see, if you felt you could make more money, it was really, really a choice that would be much easier for you. Yeah. Because you don't feel that, you feel that this is insecurity and you cannot compete with with father and cannot uh, uh, be at his standard. And of course, the question that I would ask you is, why would you want to be <laughs> at the level of your father? It was, he was not the father, the parent or the husband that you were and that you are. And this is sad. Mm. Well, this is a good question, and I uh, maybe this is why I'm on the show today to help me just let go of that notion, you know, that or that feeling. It's more of a feeling than it yes. seems like more than an idea. Like there's something deep feeling inside me that, uh, you know, I'm not something if I'm not making, you know, as, yes. as much or more than my father did. Yeah. And this is that speaking. Um, I would be very surprised, Todd, if you did not feel like uh, somehow. Like you're at the level of your mother, 
and that you didn't want to be that the level of your mother that if there's someone in the family who makes more money than you just because in your family it was so that the father made more money and had more power that right. you feel just intuitively and even though it isn't so that you feel that intuitively that you are just going to lose power mm-hmm. and uh, because that's what you saw and that you don't have a model that making money is not the only way to have power and that consciousness is. So let's take a uh, commercial break and uh, when we come back uh, we will continue with Lynn and Todd. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is Beth at BethGreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome back. Uh, First of all, I just want to compliment and thank our guests today because they've been so lovely and so open. And uh, we're having such a good time. And I also want to thank uh, Meta Berserka for her inimitable uh, comments. And... um, before we go back to our guests with, uh, with the questions that are hanging over their heads, uh, uh, James was sharing something in the, uh, in the break about his own feelings, and uh, why don't we turn our attention to you? Well, thank you, Beth. Uh, I'm identifying with Todd quite a bit, but then that last comment about, well, maybe at least in the consciousness realm, you're more conscious. And uh, so I'm your spouse, and you're a highly conscious spiritual teacher, counselor, uh, show host and uh, I realized that I have to get out of trying to compete in any arena uh, but rather just uh, value my part my contribution yes I'm the one who uh, stays at home uh, does the dishes does the cooking uh, does a lot of the errands etc etc but at the same time I'm cultivating my own special gifts and contributions like in the arena of music and, and the arena of the hypnotherapeutic work that I do and so on. And I just have to get out of uh, comparisons. 
and just to recognize that there are, there is good things for me in, in these activities. For instance, I used to be extremely ambitious and very career-oriented. I, I went into government. I went into law. And I was driven to uh, be successful and to make money. And now I'm cultivating the, the other aspects of myself to be more nurturing, to be more loving, uh, to take care of my spouse in ways that she needs, uh, etc. So I'm feeling actually happier and more fulfilled having let go of those old ways of being. But, you know, darling, I, I noticed something that you said a few minutes ago because when uh, 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 we were talking to Todd, uh, we didn't say that he was more conscious than his wife. We, we were talking about consciousness as a source of power, and it wasn't comparison, although there was some uh, comparison with the, with, with the father. And uh, so, um, Madam Zerka noticed that when you were speaking, you said, well, not more conscious than your wife. But then you redeemed yourself, darling, because <laughs> in the end, you were talking about yourself, that your contribution. So, I think that the comparison, the, the, the competition is the source of all these problems. And I'm going to come back to... Um, Lynn in a moment because we're going to see how that issue comes up for her in this wanting to be the you know whatever she's supposed to look like as a woman but I think this is what the you have given me clue uh, that this is about uh, this is about competition but before that um, Beth has a question uh, from somebody uh, through the email and Beth will you ask the question okay so this comes from Richard um uh, in California, and he says, I come from a stereotypical Italiano family and have tried to break out of that paradigm for decades, but it still comes up sometimes. Does Madame Mazurka have any, oh my goodness, it's Madame Mazurka's turn again. Does Madame Mazurka have any words of wisdom for me to be a truly modern man who welcomes equality in all its forms, including housework and cooking, and doesn't feel bad about making less money now in retirement? Beautiful, darling. Beautiful. And I, by the way, I love Italian men. They're very close to us, you know, in Transylvania. They're all kind of uh, dark and uh, we have noses. But um, I, I, I am very glad you asked this question because I, really, I believe that we are already on to this topic that the real problem is that we do not feel safe with one another. This is the humans. I'm saying we, but of course it's not me anymore. But we are not safe with one another, and we are always looking for some way that we are going to protect ourselves, and that uh, we need uh, some power that we feel we must have with the other, and then we feel very um, um, insecure. Then we don't have those qualities that we have been taught will give us power. So, for example, in your case, uh, Todd, you know, you believe that your power, uh, the power came from money. And I am going to ask um, Lynn now to look at uh, what she thinks uh, would have given her uh, more power. Or let me explain. Uh, sometimes it's difficult for me to speak English. In what way you think you would have more power if you looked more like the traditional woman? 
Um, I, I guess I think, I would think that I had power over men. Yes, darling. Thank Be- you. You see, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. I think that uh, between the Richard and the James and Todd and Lynn, we are really beginning to understand something very, very important, that we are all stuck because we think that uh, that power is important and, uh, you know, in the competition in society, and we all believe that men have the power. And, of course, this is not uh, made up in the head completely because uh, over the history it's very easy to understand, darling, why people would think that men had power because men do have power, more power, the power to beat up the women and the children. There was time that the men had all the power over the money. It's only in the in the century even that, uh, oh, well, it was the last century, of course, that women got to vote in the United States. I forget it's 21st century. You know, the centuries pass by like a blink of the eye when you're dead. So is um, there is much, much history that men have the power. So the question is, who is going to control the men who have the power, right? So we have the woman who thinks that she, her way to have power is to have power over the man, which is through her femininity instead of to have her own power. And then there are the men who feel stuck because they are not living up to the expectation that they have, that the men should have the power. And in fact, why should the men have the power? Well, what, what is it about that? Why should they? Now, the, I will speak a little bit longer and then I will let the guests speak too. <laughs> but... Um, the uh, when we had the traditional role that uh, the you know the king uh, had the power to choose any woman on the day of her marriage to have sex with her. You understand? This is power. This is the king could take the land. The king could make the knights or take it away from the knights. You understand the king and, and or the general is goes into battle and he sends the poor damn fool in there to get killed. Life and death, so much power was in the hands of the men. And the church is the pope, not the popess. And so when we are honest about our history, that there was so much pain about power that was dominated by men or men of certain races or men of certain classes. And there is fear from the Pharaoh. And so why should it surprise us that we have this almost like inside us that we must learn how to manipulate the power to not hurt us or to even help us. And so everybody has ways to try to manipulate that power. Now, in that case, so a man, he wants to look manly in front of other men so he will be respected and so that he will not be destroyed by other men 
it's you throw two men in the the Roman times and the gladiators to see which man is going to massacre which man. And so there you have it, and so then for the men to look powerful to each other, to get the respect, or at least to have those powerful men to back off and not to hurt them. So a man who comes on looking like, a, you call it a sissy, is, could be bullied, damaged, uh, thrown out, fired, whatever, by the man who seems to have the power. And the woman who cannot control the man through her sexuality or through her cunning is also has no control over her life and no way to protect her own children. Well, Madame Mazurka, that was really an interesting exposition on this topic. Um, I would like to ask my uh, guests if they have something that they would like to briefly say because we are um, coming to the end of our program and we want to tell you about our men's retreat that's coming up. But let's do that first. Uh, uh, James, would you like to share something about the men's retreat? Yes, I'd be glad to. Uh, there's going to be a men's retreat uh, on the theme of why men are angry at women and what can we do about it. And this is about dumping the roles and unleashing the love. This is going to take place November the 17th. It's a Sunday. It's an all-day retreat. And if you'd like information on it, you can go to uh, thestream.org. That's thestream.org. And I think it'll be a very profound experience for the men uh, to encounter these these ro- these models that they carry in their heads that we carry in our heads that seem to run us and how we can disengage from those and unleash more love toward others in our lives. That, and I'd like to also let people know that this um, uh, this retreat uh, can be done either in person here in Northern San Diego County or it can be done via Skype. And you can interact and participate just like you were there. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world. And if you can't uh, do either of those, you can also watch it on Ustream. So please do go check it out and register. And let's see. Also, James, can you tell us about next week's show? Uh, Yes, I'll be happy to. Our next edition of Inside Out will be Ask the Guru, if you dare. Question him about you, life, the cosmos, anything. The Guru returns, this time as a guest on the show. Uh, Yes, the Guru is another of Beth's entertaining personas, which she spontaneously channels when she hears the call. The Guru is Indian, calm, elevated, and also dead. Or maybe not. To our honor and delight, he's making himself available so that you can question him directly about yourself, life, spiritual matters, whatever comes to mind. The Guru is full of surprises and twists of perspective. But for him to answer your inquiries... You must email us or call in live. So tell your friends to call or email so that you or they can ask the guru. Don't miss it. That's great. Thank you so much. And we've run out of time, believe it or not. I want to thank you, Lynn Hillocks, for your delightful, open uh, sharing with us today. And also Todd Benton. And I'd also like to share that Todd is a very talented website designer. And his website is on our website. And it's, uh, would you just like to share that, Todd? It's bentonwebs.com. B-E-N-T-O-N webs.com. Well, thank you. The time flew as usual. Where did it go? 
So God bless you all. I can't wait for next week. Please try to make it live so you can ask the guru. He is a hoot, a holler, and very smart. So, and thank you so much, Madam Azurka. Darling, it was a pleasure. Until next time. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week.